Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to Dan's Miscellaneous Ramblings, episode 340. Wow. I've been so used to saying 330-something for like 10 episodes straight now. This is wild. Anyway, it's about time that we talk about columns. I say this because I was at Goodwill, and I saw a $15 like pillar column thing, and then I didn't buy it because I said, what am I going to use this for? But, like, I almost bought it. So, anyway, yeah, we're talking about pillars. We're talking about columns. Uh, we're talking about the architectural and structural engineering uh, element that transmits through compression the weight of the structure above the other structural elements below. It's a compression member, which is something that can also be used to describe... You know, we're going to move on. <clears throat> the term column applies to a sp especially to a large round support the shaft of the column. Wow, this is just rife with innuendos, isn't it? How did I come up with rife before innuendo? Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, with a capital and a base or pedestal. What is the capital of it? Oh, that's the topmost part. Okay, anyway. the Which is made of stone or appearing to be so. A small wooden or metal support is typically called a post. To, supports with a rectangular or other non-round section are usually called piers. Uh, for the purpose of wind or earthquake engineering, they may be designed to resist lateral forces. Other compression members are also often termed columns because of similar stress conditions. They're most frequently used to uh, support beams or arches on the upper parts of walls or, ceilings uh, or ceiling rests. In architecture, column refers to a structural element that has certain proportional decorative features. It might also be a decorative element not needed for structural purposes. Many columns are engaged, that is to say uh, they form part of a wall. A long sequence of them joined by entablature is known as a colonnade. In entablature is a superstructure of moldings and bands that lie horizontally above columns resting on their capitals wild okay well that's kind of neat entablature and also colonnade all of these are just good words just in general <laughs> um yes column like rose that's that's what you need to get out of this so while i wait for this wikipedia uh, wikipedia article to stop freezing on me um let's talk about let's talk about the history <clears throat> so in antiquity all significant Iron Age civilizations of the nearest Near East and Mediterranean made some use of columns. Would my cat please stop attacking my door? I know she wants to be in here, but I'm recording a podcast and I do not want to have to chase her around my room if she gets into something. So we're just going to ignore her. I'm sorry, mothball. Anyway. Uh, ancient Egyptian architecture, as early as 2600 BCE, uh, the architect uh, Imhotep. Oh, wait, Imhotep? Wait, I know about Imhotep. Um, Imhotep was the possible ar architect of uh, a Deoser's Step Pyramid and a high priest of the sun god Ra at Heliopolis. Um, very little is known about them as a historical figure, but in the 3,000 years following their death, they were uh, he was gradually glorified and deified. That's pretty sick. All right, anyway, sorry. I think I have ADHD. Uh, they made uh, he made use of 
stone columns whose surface was carved to reflect the organic form of bundled reeds like papyrus, lotus, and palm. In, in later Egyptian architecture, faceted cylinders were also common. Their form is thought to derive from ancient reed-built shrines. Carved from stone, they were highly decorated with carved and painted hieroglyphs, texts, ritual imagery, and natural motifs. They're famously present in the great uh, hypostyle hall of Karnak, circa 1224 BCE, where 134 of these columns are lined up in 16 rows, with some of them reaching heights of 24 meters, which is quite a big deal back then. Um, one of the most important type are the papyriform columns. The origin of these go back to the 5th dynasty. They're com comprised of lotus or papyrus stems, which are drawn together into a bundle decorated with bands. The capital, instead of opening out into the shape of a bellflower, uh, swells, swells out and then narrows again like a flower in a bud. The base, which tapers to take the shape of a half-sphere like the stem of a lotus, has a continually reoccurring de decoration of stipules. That's kind of sick. Um, yeah, they, they look like pretty, pretty good columns. Now, when you think... <laughs> cat episode next i could talk about mothball yeah oh yeah i could take a test but also my like my therapist seems to agree my therapist agree my therapist also agrees that i might be slightly autistic which granted that like i go and read out from wikipedia articles on this podcast and stuff like that i don't think this is something that a neurotypical person does but you know <laughs> Then again, all of you are listening to it, so <laughs> I got nothing. Um, scared by papyrus, yes. So, anyway. But when you think columns, you don't think of Egypt. You think of Greece. You think maybe even of Rome. Uh, the Minoans used whole tree trunks, usually turned upside down to prevent regrowth, stood on a base set of style uh, bait, which is a floor base, and topped by a simple round capital. They were then painted in the most famous Minoan palace of Knossos, which, if you don't know about the palace of Knossos, it's like a big thing. Um, it's settled as early as the Neolithic period. Uh, it was the uh, it was part of the uh, city of Crete, which is um, I think also the island of Crete. Um, the which is like uh, the major ceremonial and political center of the Minoan civilization, which was just really cool. And I'll probably do an episode on them as well. You hate Crete. How do you hate Crete? Okay. If you're wondering who I'm talking to, uh, you can join the live show either by participating in the chat. Like, uh, we, my friend here is and by, uh, oh, what's up? Or you can call in if you want to. Uh, which is also a thing that people on Podbean can do. So, and I alert everyone to these live shows on the Discord. So join that. Also, give me money. Anyway, we're gonna keep talking. I'm gonna ignore the this Crete slander. These traditions were, uh, what's called later continue on by the Mycenaean civilization, particularly in the Megron or Hall at the heart of their palaces. The importance of these and their references to the palaces is evidenced in their use of heraldic motifs such as the famous Lion Gate of Mycenae, where two lions stand at each side of the column. Being made of wood, these have not survived, but their stone bases have, and we can see through their use and arrangement uh, what they probably looked like. Um, so, that's kind of neat. 
The Egyptians, Persians, and other civilizations mostly used them for practical purposes, preferring to decorate the decorating the outside of uh, of them of the walls. Ah, sorry, the outside walls. Jeez, today is not my day with reliefs or painting. But the ancient Greeks, followed by the Romans, loved to use them on the uh, use them on the outside as well, making extensive use of them on the interior and exterior as one of their main features in buildings like the Parthenon. Which, if you've never seen the Parthenon, go just look up a picture, man. The Greeks developed the classical orders of architecture, which are most easily distinguished in the form of the column and its various elements. Their Doric, Ionic, and Corinthian orders were expanded by the Romans to include the uh, Tuscan and Composite orders. There's a chart, not on the Wikipedia page, but I've, se I've seen it, and it shows what all the different ones look like, and I'm not going to try and describe the five tops of the columns you can just look up the five main column types and you'll find it but like what is the parthenon okay the parthenon is uh the, i don't even need to look at the wikipedia page this is just off the dome um parthenon is a place at the at the top of a great hill in i believe athens greece where it was the main temple to athena in athens it is one of the largest temples in the entire entirety of Greece. It was a major, I think it was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Uh, it's really pretty. <laughs> um, yeah. That, why are you insulting? They, oh my God. We're just going to move on. Um, some Persians though, had some cool columns though. Um, they had some massive stone columns erected in Persepolis, which included double bowl structures in their capitals. The Hall of Hundred Columns at Persepolis measured 70 by 70 meters and was built by the uh, Achaemenid uh, king Darius I, which Darius I of Persia was like a, one of the greatest Persian leaders ever. Um, many of the ancient Persian columns are still standing, with some being more than 30 meters tall. Um, they were used for uh, porticos and to support the roof of the hypostyle hall, partly inspired by the Egyptian precedent. Since they had timber beams rather than stone, they could be taller, slimmer, and more widely spaced than the Egyptian ones. Um, the Middle Ages also have a whole bunch of columns. Um, uh, they were... But they were much less significant. The classical forms were abandoned in both Byzantine and Romanesque arch architecture in favor of more flexible forms, with capitals using various types of foliage decoration in the West, and in the West, scenes with figures carved in the relief. During the Romanesque period, they continued to reuse and imitate ancient Roman columns whenever possible, where new, the, um, the emphasis was on elegance and beauty, as illustrated by the twisted columns. Often they were de decorated with mosaics. Let's see. Well, you see, whatever you sent in the chat, I it just says it has like a little box that says OBJ. I don't think it's actually. I, I don't think it's actually. I th you probably sent an emoji that's not uh, supported or something. There is an emoji button on the Podbean app that has like all the different emojis you can use. I think. Um, which I'll send one of them. I'll send probably the most relevant one to the chat. Um, if you're not part of the live show, you're missing this part, so you might as well join it. Uh, I guess this is for people 
listening to this after the fact, because if you're listening to it now, you are part of the live show. Anyway, Renaissance architecture was keen to revive the classical vocabulary and styles, and they had more things throughout the Baroque, Rococo, and neoclassical periods. There's a whole bunch of uh, things on the structure and the nomenclature here. And then we get into the engineering aspect. And I do not want to find the elastic modulus of a material. So we're just going to skip past all of that. All right. What do you mean Shrek head? I sent a barfing emoji. What do you... Okay. (laughs) So... The Doric order is this. Okay, apparently I will be describing all of these. The Doric order is the oldest and simplest of the classical orders. It is composed of the vertical cylinder that's wider at the bottom. It generally has neither a base nor a detailed capital. It is often topped instead with an inverted frustrum of a shallow, shallow cone or cylindrical band of carvings. It is often referred to as the masculine order because it's represented in the bottom level of the Colosseum and the Parthenon and was thereby, therefore considered to be able to hold more weight, which is, you know, kind of sexist, but whatever. The height to thickness ratio is apparently 8 to 1. <clears throat> The shaft of a Doric column is almost always fluted, which if you don't know what a fluted shaft means, it just means uh, that there's grooves running uh, vertically on it. Uh, The Greek Doric, developed in the western Dorian region of Greece, is the heaviest and most massive of the orders. It rises from stylobate without any base, and uh, it is from four to six times as tall as its diameter. It has 20 broad flutes, and the capital consists of a banded necking swelling into a smooth echinus, which carries a flat square abacus. Oh my god, so many words. The Doric entablature is also the heaviest, being about one-fourth the height of of the height column. The Greek Doric order was not used after about 100 BCE until its, quote, rediscovery in the mid 18th century. Um, I have a flute. What are these words? I don't know. I don't make this podcast because I want to make it listenable. I make it because I want to read off a Wikipedia page and or come up with some dumb thing like lyrically analyzing apple bottom jeans like I did a couple episodes ago. Pretty proud of that episode, actually. I actually have been thinking maybe I should make like a YouTube channel or something where I just lyrically analyze a song, uh, but in the dumbest way possible. I think people would actually watch those videos. But then again, I have to then edit videos, and I do not want to. Yeah, it's low by Florida, I know, but I call it apple bottom jeans because that's what everyone calls it. Um, yes, boots with the fur. Okay, we're moving on. The Tuscan order, known as the Roman Doric, is also a simple design, with the base and capital both being a series of cylindrical discs of alternating diameter. Shaft is almost never fluted, so get fricked. The proportions vary, but generally similar to the Doric ones, with the height-to-width ratio about 7 to 1 instead of 8 to 1. The Ionic column is considerably more complex than the Dorian, or Doric or Tuscan. It generally has a base, and then the shaft is often fluted, and it has grooves, grooves carved up its length. The capital features a volute, which is an ornament shaped like a scroll, at the four corners. The height-to-thickness ratio is around 9 to 1. Gen- due to the more refined proportions and scroll capitals, it's sometimes associated with academic buildings. Um, so you might see these at a college campus or something. Ionic-style columns were seen on the second level of the Colosseum. The Corinthian order is named for the Greek city-state of Corinth, 
to which it was connected in the period. However, according to the architectural historian Vitruvius, uh, the column was created by the sculptor Callimachus, probably an Athenian, who drew acanthus leaves growing around a votive basket. So if you don't know what that is, acanthus is a plant. Don't worry about it. And a votive basket, a votive offering is a, it's a thing for gods. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so it's a basket for those things that you give to gods. Anyway, the... In fact, the oldest known Corinthian capital was found in Basse, dated at 427 BCE. It's sometimes called the Feminine Order because it is on the top level of the Colosseum and holding up the least weight. It also has the slenderest ratio of thickness to height, at about 10 to 1 height to width ratio. Again, you know, a little, little sexist, but it's fine. It's, it's whatever. Who named all these kids? Frankly, I don't know, man. Um, okay, so... The composite order draws its name from being a composite of the Ionic and Corinthian capitals. The acanthus of it already has a scroll-like element, so the distinction is sometimes subtle. Generally, the composite order has is similar to the Corinthian in proportion and employment, often in the upper tiers of colonnades, at about 11 to 1 or 12 to 1 height-to-width ratio, so they're even taller. The uh, a so Then we get into the, like some of the funky ones. Solomonic columns, sometimes called barley sugar, begin on a base and end in a capital, which may be of any order, but the shaft twists in a tw tight spiral, producing a dramatic serpentine effect of movement. They were developed in the ancient world, but remained rare there. A famous marble set, probably 2nd century, was brought to the Old Peter's uh, old St. Peter's Basilica <coughs> by Constantine I, and placed around the St. Shrine, and was thus familiar with the Middle Ages, or throughout the Mid Middle Ages, by which time they were thought to have been removed from the Temple of Jerusalem. The style was used in the uh, in bronze by Bernini for his spectacular St. Peter's Baldekin, actually a, cy a cyborium, which I am going to Google this one because I'm interested, which is a canopy or covering supported by columns. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, I know what that is, yeah. And therefore, thereafter became very popular with Baroque and Rococo church architects, blah, 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 after, um, above all in Latin America, where they were very often used, especially on a small scale, as they're easy to produce in wood by turning on a lathe. Ah, uh, okay. Anyway. A little sexist, but it's fine. Dan Ramp, yep, that's... Oh, boy. Cyborgium episode? That's not that's not what I was saying. <laughs> uh, where did where did I just read that from? Uh, Cibor Ciborium, C I B O R I U M. I could do an episode on that. I could probably talk for it for talk about it for fifteen minutes. Anyway, um, caryatid style columns are sculpted female figures serving as an architectural support, taking the place of a columnar pillar, supporting an entablature on her head. Uh, the Greek term karyatides uh, literally means maidens of karyai, uh, an ancient town of Peloponnesi. Peloponnesi? Yeah, that. So this is where instead of a pillar, it's just straight up just a woman holding it. And then engaged columns are columns embedded in the wall, as I talked about earlier. They are rarely found in classical Greek, and then only in exceptional cases, but in Roman ones, they exist in abundance. And then there's also pillar tombs, which are monumental graves, which have a single prominent pillar or column, often made of stone, uh, and they've, they've existed for a while.
Anyway, that's about all I feel like talking about on Pillars. No, it's not Cyborgiums. Okay, you know what? I'm not doing this. Anyway, let's see if there's any column jokes. Besides the one that I made in the top, uh, or in the episode description, which was just column like you see them. Uh, column jokes. So, 41 best, 41 plus best column jokes from upjoke.com. Yeah, this is going to work. Okay, well, I see an advice column, which I'm going to skip past because that's not what I'm looking for. I called my daughter up and explained that I changed my name to Spinal Column. She replied that she was very busy and would have to call me back. Dan, should I do the... I mean, okay. Should I do... Should you do NNN? I mean... That listen, that's that's up to you. That is that is a test of willpower. If you if you want to do it, go for it. Uh, let's see if there's any other column jokes. I feel like telling one more. If this page would load, which is a very distinct possibility that it will not. Okay. Do 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 do. But, okay, why is this stopped loading? Okay, there we go. So, yeah, let's do one more. Uh, two clean Irish... Oh, no, it's an obituary column. Why is everything an obituary column? Also, I apologize if you can hear that sound in the background. Someone decided that now is a great time to just start their weed whacker up. All right. Uh, okay, now here's here's a joke. Here's a good joke. The three orders of classical columns uh, from ancient Greece are the Doric, Ionic, and Corinthian. Sometimes Ionic is written as Ionian instead. I guess it's a less charged word. Get it? Like, Ionic charge, guys? It's really funny. Um, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna dignify what you sent to the chat with a response. I'm just not. Anyway, that's going to bring us to the song that's been in my mind this whole episode. And today's song that's been in my mind all episode, I've got to say, is going to be Seize the Power by Yannicka. It's, it slaps. I don't know what else to say. It slaps. Anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will catch you all next time. Join my Discord, listen to Podbean, talk to me, be my friend, be, be parasocial. Uh, hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will catch you all next time. Goodbye! <laughs>